Welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. Let's go through the week that was finals week three. And let's have a look at this grand final we've got on our hands. The Penrith Panthers going up against the Brisbane Broncos. It's pretty much how we all saw it happening as well. Uh, but obviously, you know, I don't think anyone really expected the two floggings that we've got as well. Uh, obviously, Panthers beating the Melbourne Storm 38-4. to and then the Broncos coming out and absolutely blitzing the Warriors, scoring 40 points over the Warriors as well. A win we didn't really see coming. We thought the Warriors were definitely going to put up a little bit more of a fight. Uh, but 42-12 was the final scoreline there. An absolute shellacking. An absolute shellacking there uh, by the Broncos against the Warriors. Uh, But let's have a look at this first game, the Panthers v. the Melbourne Storm. Uh, And uh, interestingly enough, before we go through the games, if you compare the Panthers against the Melbourne Storm uh, with the Broncos v. the Warriors, and you look at both of those games side by side, and you're trying to pick which team was more dominant, the Panthers v. the Broncos, yes, they did score more points, but regardless of that, the Broncos, for me, were more dominant than the Panthers were against the Melbourne Storm. Now, yes, we're talking about the Melbourne Storm compared to the Warriors, two different teams. But the Warriors, I reckon, have outperformed Melbourne this season. I thought that Melbourne uh, this season didn't perform as well as the Warriors did. The Warriors really outperformed expectations. They're not the same team as last year. They're a different team. They're a top four team. They played much better for me than Melbourne did this year. So I think that going into these games, the Warriors are the better team compared to the Melbourne Storm this season. So technically, uh, with all those factors you know, into, into account, plus how each game went, I thought that for longer periods... Uh, the Brisbane Broncos were more dominant than the Penrith Panthers were in both of these games. So you look at going into this week into the grand final as well, it's going to be a very interesting game. I honestly do think the Broncos are going to come out and win as I've tipped, but we'll obviously look into that a little bit more when we go through the preview for the grand final as well. Uh, But looking at this game specifically, finals week three, Panthers v. the Melbourne Storm, um, it was very interesting to see that they've gone with Harry Grant off the bench yet again. Yes, you want him to have a big impact in this game, but he is your number one starting nine. To have Bronson Garlic starting over Harry Grant, um, I thought that Bronson Garlic, he didn't make too much of a difference. I would have preferred him coming off the bench, to be honest. It's just a bit of a tackle bot, sort of like a Mitch Kenny style hooker off the bench. Just that tackle bot through the middle. I don't even think he's a first-shot hooker either. Bronson Garlic, I think he's much better when he plays that roaming lock sort of role or when he's in the edge back row. I really don't think that he's the first-choice you know, hooker coming off the bench. I think they need to go into the offseason and actually get one because I really don't think Bronson Garlic is the answer there in that 14 jersey. They've been trying to replicate the Brandon Smith rotation, and it just hasn't been working. Um, Harry Grant, they need to mold him into an 80-minute hooker 
or they actually need to go into the market and get another hooker to come off the bench because I just don't think the bronze and garlic's the answer there. Uh, we saw that on the weekend as well. And I don't think Harry Grant coming off the bench is the best idea. You want him on the field for longer too. If you are getting another hooker, you want Harry Grant for at least 60 minutes and maybe get another hooker to play about 20 um, but yeah, look, I mean, it was a very quiet game from the Melbourne Storm. They were trying to get on the front foot and attack. It just wasn't working. And pretty much exactly what we said would happen, happened. The, the Penrith Panthers, they got on the front foot with the forwards. Moses Leota, James Fisher-Harris, they were outstanding yet again. Isaiah Yo had one of his better games of the season as well. He was outstanding. Nathan Cleary, off the back of his forwards, was fucking unbelievable. Again, probably one of the better games we've seen from Nathan Cleary all year as well. Definitely the halfback of the week for me. Uh, He was absolutely outstanding, Nathan Cleary. Uh, And we talk about the impact that the forwards for the Panthers did have. James Fisher-Harris, he ran 84 metres from 10 runs in the first 30 minutes of the game. That is just an absolute workhorse right there in every sense of the word. He was outstanding. James Fisher-Harris, so was Leota, so was Liam Martin. Liam Martin was absolutely unbelievable. Um, Isaiah Yo, 22 runs, 188 metres, 34 tackles, 22 runs is outstanding. Uh, but Liam Martin as well on that age, he was just an absolute animal, an absolute animal. Um we look at the difference in terms of the dominance of both of these sides as a whole. Panthers completed 22 of 23 sets at 95% in the opening 40 minutes. This is compared to obviously Melbourne, which was 11 from 17. It also shows how much ball the Penrith Panthers did have, but 64% for Melbourne Storm. It is so unstorm. We've seen a very unstorm year from the Melbourne Storm as well. Uh, just hasn't been up to standard as far as what we've seen from Melbourne uh, in previous seasons as well. It's been really you know, inconsistent football as well from Melbourne this year uh, and going into the last few games as well. And this final series has been a real shocker because they've looked really poor in this final series, really, really poor. Um, I think they were very lucky to get as far as they did in this final series as well. I mean, they were only just able to get the win over the Roosters. The Roosters deserved to win that game. Sam Walker kicked the field goal. It was very unlucky how the rest of the game turned out. Uh, But the Roosters probably deserved to win that game a little bit more. Melbourne were shocking. They really were. And they have been over the past few weeks. There's been glimpses of goodness um, with Melbourne in in their style of play and their attack. But when we're looking at Melbourne to Melbourne standard, the standard that they've set over the past 10 years... It's nothing like we've seen over the past 10 years. Melbourne were absolutely shocking in this final series and they've had a really poor end to the year for me. Um, And maybe that's me being a little bit hypercritical. Yes, they did get to a qualifying final. um, But again, as I said, they were very lucky to get to that stage for me. Melbourne, uh, they had a pretty average end to the year. uh, And, you know... um, Penrith really exploited that as well. Penrith 38 to 4, uh, you know, dominant through the forwards. Nathan Cleary was on song. Brian Toto as well was outstanding. He scored 21 tries this season now. His previous best try tally was 15 in 2021. So, uh, big try scoring year for Brian Toto as well. Uh, Stormback rowers Josh King, Trent Liero, and Alicia Katoa made 116 tackles between them. And that just shows you again how long Melbourne, uh, sorry, how long. Penrith Panthers had the ball for as well. They had the ball for a big stretch of this game. Uh, Penrith Panthers have now won eight consecutive finals games and conceded just 66 points in the process, which is 
unbelievable. Now that's over three, that's uh, over eight consecutive finals games, but over four seasons as well. That is outstanding from the Penrith Panthers, and that is a crazy stat uh, going into this grand final as well. Uh, Brian Toto, four line breaks, eleven tackle busts, one hundred sixty four run meters to go with two tries. A plus game there from Brian Toto, as we said before, it was outstanding. Uh, Storm forward Josh King was placed on report in the 60th minute for a high contact uh, on Nathan Cleary. That's going to be terrible if he is out uh, for the start of next season. We'll have to wait and see what happens with that one. Uh, But Melbourne were very unlucky in this game as well. Obviously, Christian Welsh comes off for a HIA. Um, You know, at some stage in this game, they had a few players come off with certain things uh, throughout the back end of the game as well, Melbourne. So they were unlucky in that regard. Uh, but the Penrith Panthers were always going to win that game for me. They were super dominant with the football in their hands. Uh, Nathan Cleary had a really big day out. You know, the forwards were on song. It was just a Penrith side that was not going to be beaten on that day. And now they've won five of their past six games against the Melbourne Storm as well, which is a great record to have against Melbourne. Uh, Panthers had 53 tackle breaks for the game compared to 25 uh, from the Melbourne Storm. And again, I could repeat myself again and again and again here, but it just shows the dominance which the Penrith Panthers came into this game with. And yeah, Melbourne, you know, at some stages, uh, some stages of this game, uh, you know, whether it was errors, whether it was lack of having the football in hand, um, they were getting smoked through the forward pack as well. They were getting flogged in the middle. Um, you know, unfortunately, it was just wasn't Melbourne's night. Penrith Panthers were on song. It's a Panthers side that probably wasn't going to get beaten on the night, and now they're going into the grand final as well. So congratulations to the Melbourne Storm. Again, uh, just a quick shout-out just to sum up. Isaiah Yo through the middle was outstanding. It's probably one of the better games from Isaiah Yo that I've seen. Um, you know, looking at other players as well that had a big impact in this one. you got to like Nathan Cleary in this game. He was so dominant. Uh, Brian Toto we spoke about before. Liam Martin and then James Fisher-Harris. Uh, Moses Leota were fantastic. And I thought Jerome Luai, the toughness that Jerome Luai came back as well. Uh, from that shoulder injury, was putting on a huge hits in this game, uh, tackling like there was no shoulder injury to begin with. If you were sitting me down and making me watch that game with no idea that Jerome Luai had dislocated his shoulder a few weeks ago, I wouldn't have picked it whatsoever because he came in so tough in this game. His defense was solid, uh, and he had a really, really strong return as well for the Panthers. So an overall dominant game from the Penrith Panthers against the Melbourne Storm. They get the win. They go into the grand final. Great stuff from the Penrith Panthers. Uh, We move on to the next game, the Broncos v. the Warriors. Now, look, as I said before, we can talk all day about the dominance that the Penrith Panthers had. Uh, But as I said at the start of this podcast, when you sit down and you watch both of those games side by side and you ask me who is the more dominant team, the Broncos or the Panthers, regardless of the score lines, I'm probably going to pick the Broncos because the way they came out of this game. Now, the, the Warriors, credit to the Warriors, they had a fantastic start. The first few minutes of that game, the Warriors were on top. They scored that first try through Dylan Montani's Lesniak. They got the intercept as well. They were winning. Uh, you know, they had 12 points in this game against the Broncos. They had a lead early, uh, but the Broncos just ignited. And especially in that second half, they were so, so dominant. Uh, in the first half as well, towards the back end of the first half, you've got guys like Ezra Mam doing silky things with the football. Reese Walsh was outstanding. He was so dominant in this one. Uh, they were so dominant, they gave both Reese Walsh and Adam Reynolds an early mark in this game as well. And they were still playing uh, like the more dominant team in this game. 
Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. The Broncos win in a big way here, 42-12. The Broncos are through to a grand final now for the first time in eight years and have a chance to win their first premiership since 2006. So big stuff there. And you compare those two sides as well. Uh, You know, the 2006 Broncos team to this current team that we've got here. I mean, fuck. You've got some really, really big names in both of those teams. I'm keen to see if the Broncos can win the premiership. I am picking them to do so. I hate the boring answer of Penrith, Penrith, Penrith. Uh, Broncos... More dominant for me than Penrith, I think, can actually get the job done. I think, you know, they said it in Fox League the other day. If anyone can beat Nathan Cleary in a number seven battle, one of them is Daly Cherry Evans because we've seen it in the Origin Arena. But another guy here is Adam Reynolds. Adam Reynolds can do it with the side that he's got. Reese Walsh, Ezra Mam, Billy Walters at nine. We'll talk about him in a second because he probably had one of the better games I've seen from him all year, regardless of the two tries. Even if he didn't score a try in this game, he was fantastic. Uh, Paddy Carrigan through the middle was fucking unbelievable. Uh, Payne Haas, a little bit quieter than what we've seen from him, but he was great as well through the middle. Uh, Jordan Ricky, his defense was outstanding. I love Jordan Ricky in this game. He was fantastic. You know, a lot of standout guys for this Brisbane Broncos team. Um, if I, oh, I think they can honestly do, can get the job done going into this week, going into this grand final. Uh, they've just got such a dominant team. They're riding the momentum wave here. Herbie Farnworth was outstanding in this game as well. Um, yeah, they're really riding the momentum here. The Broncos, I really do think they can get the job done against the Penrith Panthers going into this weekend. Uh, but you look at some of the performances in this game. Reese Walsh, he set up six line breaks. So he had six line break assists, three tries, and run for 146 metres uh, to win the game as well there. Reese Walsh, outstanding. Uh, Dylan Walker and Wade Egan, very unlucky during this game. Obviously a big turning point in the game as well. They both went off for HIAs in the second half, which they passed and returned from surprisingly as well. I mean, Wade Egan just looked like he was not all there. Dylan Walker, uh, a little bit less severe than Wade Egan's one. Wade Egan just did not look well and obviously he had a few concussions a few weeks prior as well so I was very surprised that he got back onto the field um, for the Warriors and lucky he did as well Uh, but for the period they were off the Broncos were just absolutely killing it and they were super dominant in this one the Broncos. Uh, Adam Pompey was sent to the sin bin as well for a professional foul in the 59th minute, which was a big turning point in the game as well. Uh, And again, it just gave the Broncos a license to be deadly with the football. Uh, With his uh, 24th try of the year, Dallin Wattini-Zelezniak surpassed Francis, Melly, and David Fusatua's mark of 23 for the most tries in a single season by a Warrior. So, I mean, a little bit of a shining light there for the New Zealand Warriors and for Dallin Wattini-Zelezniak. The Broncos made 11 line breaks uh, compared to the Warriors only having four. So, again, just shows you the dominance, that try. Uh, The forward pass try, so unlucky. I mean, we've got to talk about it here. Now, my personal thoughts on this one, um, yes, a massive, massive point in the game. Uh, obviously, it's when they started to get that real bit of momentum there, the Broncos, and they were sort of riding the hot streak after that try. Um, but if you take away that try, the Broncos still win that game. They still win that game 38-12. to 12. You know, it's not like that try made the biggest difference in the world. 
But I think Andrew Webster in that press conference, he summed it up really, really well. I mean, the forward pass in this game, uh, it was a big call and a lot of people are going to go back and look at it and say, fuck, that forward pass was the turning point. We lost that game because of the forward pass call. Um, you, you know, they were going to be complaining about it all day. But the Broncos still made a line break and I think that sort of sums up um, where his headspace is at. I think it's a really positive sign um, for the Warriors because it's obviously a point where they can look at and improve from as well. He's looking at, at it from a different point of view to everyone else as well. He's worried more so about how the Warriors performed than all of the wrong calls the Warriors got against them. I think that's a really positive sign for a Warriors fan going into the next few years as well with Andrew Webster. Has to still be the coach of the year for me. Even if the Broncos win this grand final, I think that Andrew Webster is the coach of the year, 100%. From where he took this Warriors side uh, to where they are now, uh, or where they have been this season, I mean, you've got to give him the coach of the year because that is a huge transformation. Uh, And we talk about some shining lights here for the Warriors. Sean Johnson really tried his best out there. Uh, His passing game was silky when the Warriors were on the front foot in stages. Uh, Torhu Harris, though, was the big game changer for the Warriors for me. And is the uh, big reason when they were, you know, getting on the front foot at stages in this game, particularly right at the beginning of the game. Torhu Harris, a big part of that. And when they were losing by a massive margin as well, it was just a never-say-die attitude from Torhu Harris. 44 tackles. Um, Obviously, Billy Walters led the way for the Broncos with 36, but 44 tackles, ran for a stack of metres as well, Torhu Harris. It was just a never-say-die attitude from him and uh, really impressed with his performance in this one, despite them losing by a big margin. I think that his performance was absolutely sensational. Uh, Herbie Farnworth in this game, as well was so so dangerous for me. Um, Jordan Ricky is another guy that I was really impressed with. His try was sensational as well. Ezra Mam, um, you know Adam Reynolds, Reese Walsh especially, Paddy Carrigan through the middle. There were so many key performances. Billy Walters at the nine was sensational as well for me defensively and in attack. Uh, he was really on song and the, in the amount of improvement we've seen from Billy Walters this year going from a second, third string half of the West Tigers who are struggling right now and probably would need a guy like Billy Walters to sort of mix things up there in the number nine or in a number six role or something like that. He even went into halfback at the later stages of this game and the Broncos were still as dominant. So that says something about Billy Walters as well. Um, But, you know, from going from a second, third string halfback at a wooden spoon side to being a top-notch hooker in this competition this year and probably one of the better hookers in the competition this year, that is a massive improvement and I cannot wait to see him going into next year. I can't wait to see this Broncos side going into next year as well. Even if they win this grand final, I think it's going to be a long stretch of dominance for them. I don't think this is going to be a one-year streak for them. I don't think it's just going to be the one year where they're good and then the next year they go back to being average. I think that this is going to be a long streak here for the Broncos and I'm very excited for the next few years. Um, but yeah, look, a very do- dominant game from the Brisbane Broncos here. I think more dominant than the Panthers, as I said before. And I think it's going to be a very interesting grand final. I really do. I can I cannot wait for it. Um, one more shout-out here from the Warriors um, is Rocco Berry. I thought that he was great in this game, particularly in the later stages. We talk about Torhu Harris and his never-say-die attitude. It was exactly the same from Rocco Berry. While most of these guys were jogging at the end of the game and really pissed off that they lost, and 
uh, just lacked the motivation to get on the front foot in this game. Every time Rocco Berry got the ball, it was a full sprint. He was breaking tackles. He was stepping blokes. He was trying to get a try late in the game as well. Um, you know, he was sensational for me. His work ethic was unbelievable, and I'm really impressed with how far Rocco Berry's come this season. We sort of talked about it last week in his performance um, last week as well, but this week specifically, I thought that he was unreal. And, um, yeah, a really positive performance from him and Torhu Harris, the two standouts for me for the Warriors. But big win by the Broncos. We do have a Broncos v War- uh, Broncos v uh, Penrith Panthers grand final here, and I'm very keen for it. Uh, it's going to be at a core stadium as well. I'm spewing. I can't get to the game or might not be able to get to the game. Uh, we'll be going to the Koori Knockout this weekend as well. Big weekend of footy. If you want to get down to the Koori Knockout, it's in Terrigal. Uh, it is going to be a massive, massive weekend. I am very, very keen for it. I'm going to go there and then come back home for the grand final. A big weekend for me. I'm very keen for it. Let me know your thoughts about how this grand final will turn out. Do you think it's going to be a three-peat from the Penrith Panthers? Or do we think that the Broncos are going to win their first premiership since 2006? Let me know. Later.